My name is Curtis Yang, and today we'll be focusing on my career journey. Um, we'll start where I entered college and lead you to the stories that I've had and experiences all the way up until the present day, 2020. Yeah. And Patrick and Rahul, feel free to ask questions or comment, you know, anytime during my story, you know, feel free to say something. Cool. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. So um, I think I want to start back even before I went to university. I went to uni uh, Rutgers University. Um, I want to start like kind of at the tippy end of high school. I didn't really know what I wanted to do um, in my life. Um, as a major in college just yet. And I didn't really think of, you know, what college I wanted to enter. Uh, I ultimately chose Rutgers due to financial reasons. And during that time, I think my dad was unemployed and my mom was um, the current breadwinner of the house and she wasn't making much. So I was like, you know, if I have to take out a loan, I'll do it, but I'll go to Rutgers because it was the closest state school. You know, I had a car and everything and commuting didn't seem like that much of a problem um, compared to spending more money on dorming. And basically when I went, uh, I found out that um, my parents did save a little bit of um, their income for like as a college fund for me to go through college, which was great. And, you know, I entered the first year of Rutgers, you know, I think a little bit dazed with just how many how many people um, I saw on the campus and just how many choices I had in front of me. And during the day where you had orientation at the university, um, I was introduced to this um, marine biology, uh, not major. Yeah, I was introduced to the marine biology major on um, the Cook campus. And, you know, I sat in the symposium, like an auditorium, and there was this sort of um, semi-retired marine biologist, and she was giving a speech about, you know, the oceans and everything. And to me, that sounded really cool. And I was like, you know, this be kind of, could be a really fulfilling career, you know, being on the sea, you know, taking care of the environment and looking at sea critters, you know. Uh, so I picked that as my career actually in, in the first year and boom, you had, I had all these courses and majors in front of my face. And um, I think during my first and second year at Rutgers, uh, I really did struggle um, academically and also like mentally just trying to find my place in the university. I think I was quite shy uh, when I was in my undergraduate studies, like I felt like um, I didn't believe in myself enough, and perhaps you know it would have done me a lot better to take a year off of college to really find myself and figure out what I really wanted to do. Um, so, as you can guess, maybe marine biology or marine chemistry uh, was more so of you know just on sort of a go with the flow on the whim sort of major. And I really realized that it bottomed out um, towards my third or fourth year of Rutgers. I definitely lost a lot of steam and ambition towards that major. I felt actually kind of really, um, I would say like depressed, like where's my life going? And um, I think I wasn't doing too well in courses. And was it the fifth year? It was the fifth year. Um, 
close towards the fifth year of college, you know, I hadn't graduated yet. I didn't have enough credits. So I ended up um, taking a break, you know, from Rutgers. Sorry, there's some sound. I ended up taking a semester off thinking like, man, maybe I might not go back to Rutgers to finish my undergraduate degree. And, you know, um, to that, I had a little bit of some hard time, like with my mom and my dad, because they were just like, we spent like, all this time, like for your potential and future saving up and you're deciding to like, you know, quit Rutgers and, you know, become some sort of plumber or something like that. That was their thought process. And I thought like, um, yeah, I was going through a lot during that time, you know, just also things outside of the university. I think what people don't realize is after high school, once you enter college, it's like, it's a little bit more of the adult world. Like you might be working a part-time job and you have other sets, you actually have other sets of responsibilities, you know, if you're not, um, you know, really taking care of your, like your parents aren't always handing you money for, you know, food, you know, allowances and like vacations with your friends, you know, somewhere else. Uh, uh, I feel like, you know, that was the mindset I had while, you know, I was like thinking that one semester I took off, like really what, what else is there to do? in my life where it's like I the, the comparison battles like I see my friends getting internships where I wasn't and I was just like my GPA is crap you know maybe I should just you know work it out without a degree in my life you know as crazy as that sound sounded um, but you know eventually I picked back up and thought about returning to university but not at Rutgers and you know at the time like I thought it made sense to like transfer to like a community college like uh, Middlesex County College but you know obviously at the end towards the end of the summer where it's like I decided that it was probably better just to go back to Rutgers because my credit still stuck there and I had like a good four year five years of credits you know um, on the record so eventually I recuperated my mental state and um, re-entered um, Rutgers uh, at the end of what was it Yes, at the fall of 2015, where it's just like, I think all my friends going, we were supposed to be the class of 2015, we entered college during 2011. Um, that's basically what I did. And uh, my found out my credits would transfer to biology. So I knew I wouldn't be staying too much longer, thankfully, you know, and two years later, I graduated, but it was more so of um, going with the flow. So once I graduated, I was just hella confused on what I wanted to do um, with my life. I thought maybe research would just be the most viable option because that was what my major was really based in. Now, what I didn't realize later is that, you know, anybody um, can eventually have a career that doesn't pertain to their degree. Like it could be totally like that. You have the choice to change. So. I didn't realize at that time. So it was like, let's say I graduated um, in like 2017. Um, I actually got a part-time job within Rutgers. I was still kind of like timid of applying to um, outside external workplaces. You're talking about like L'Oreal industry. I was actually really interested in that. But the problem was my GPA was less than 3.0. And I didn't have like really um any viable job experience so i thought the next sort of thing that maybe could jumpstart it was uh working in research so you know i got into a research lab first um 
it was the Waxman Institute of Microbiology. And it wasn't really actually really anything, um, I'd say fabulous, but hey, I mean, it, it started with like me getting to know, like finally get some sort of like, um, I think stay more stable friend group forming from that point on. Um, so when I say it's not really fabulous or glamorous, it was more so not doing the physical research of sorts, you know, the, um, the techniques of like biology, biological techniques of like um, CRISPR or like gene replication. It, um, sure, that was already research done semesters before, but my job was more so of just growing the corn, like the gen genetically modified corn out of the ground and getting it ready to um, send to the government warehouse for whatever stockpile or research they want to do um, years later. And, you know, I worked that actually, I think what's nice is that even though it wasn't what I wanted at the time, it's like, that's when I really began to understand like um, small office politics. Like it wasn't really always on the top of my head, but it's just like, you know, the grad student has like a certain sort of objective they need to achieve. And it's just like, they, you know, they're, professors or managers have a plan for their sort of uh, for their sort of career and their future while it's just for me it's just like you know I was more of like a grunt worker and so what but it's just like they didn't the thing that separates like a good boss and a bad boss is that you know my good boss actually you know we we got to become pretty good friends and he asked me what I wanted to do in my future and I felt like that was um that was like kind of like the saving grace where it's like, you know, you have somebody that's like kind of investing in you and just being curious about your life and your ambitions. And it's just like, I, you know, I didn't know, really know what I wanted, but um, he would kept telling me to, you know, do my resumes and he would invite me out to his house for barbecues and stuff like that. Just really sort of like be a mentor of sorts. And eventually I worked up the confidence enough of, you know, submitting my resumes to like, some companies and seeing where that went and even though it didn't really work out um in terms of i sent like i i didn't send as like many applications as i thought i would um eventually a family friend reached out to me and said like hey there's this opportunity at l'oreal now it may be a little bit more blue collar than white collar um, and you might be able to use your degree a little bit more. So, you know, if you want to get back to me and see where we can go from there. And, you know, I looked at the, the resume description. I mean, sorry, not the resume, the job description. It was at um, Pile Lab. So I'll just take a drink of water. It had L'Oreal in the um, title. And I was just like pretty ecstatic because. The thing is, like L'Oreal to me at that time um, was a really big company, and it's like a really renowned like industry and like cosmetic company. And I was like, you know, um, if I don't take this chance, like I was nervous. Like if I don't take the chance to interview for this position, um, you know, I think I would really kick myself in the butt, <laughs> so to speak. So I went in to that interview. Um, from my family friend. Oh, at that point, I already moved on from you know the corn uh, research job in uh, Rutgers. You know, leaving leaving some like um, I think goodwill behind because they 
um, saw, saw potential in me, which is great. So I went into the L'Oreal pilot plant um, job and not job, um, like interview. And, you know, it was my boss who interviewed me. It wasn't an HR um, assistant or representative. Um, she interviewed me, see what I had. And, you know, I followed the advice of the graduate student that mentored me. And that first interview, like I found a day of um, that I got the job because my family friend called me and was like, say, you got the job, Curtis. And I was like, oh my God, amazing. So I think that was the summer of 2017. And I think just getting it, even though it was a temporary contract work, uh, it was really the biggest step in getting into um, just a world of the bigger world of like corporate lifestyle, but also opportunities. So, you know, now I'm in Pilot Lab, you know, and it's summer of 20, about April, April 2017. And there's just like some things that, that I, I think I did get used to. And it was more of like that blue collar grunt work that I've like done all throughout my life. So, you know, I worked at dining halls in university. I worked at research job at um, the Waxman Institute, but I also did like retail work, you know, um, back then, like it's crazy enough, like people um, don't realize like how much work you have to put in even as like, you know, a warehouse guy in some sort of like my aunt's warehouse or even in the back of Victoria's Secret, like, you know, packing clothing and everything like that. So um, I think I did um, perform ra rather well at Pilot Plant. Um, you know, um, and things that were done at Pilot Plant. So, you know, for our viewers that are listening in, you know, uh, you'll realize that in any sort of industry um, in production of products, usually you, in order to mass um, scale it up to the products you see in stores, you're going to have to be able to test the innovative um, products before they're given the OK to launch and be mass produced. So that's what's the goal of Pilot Plant. Um, they would take all these sort of, you know, very innovative and eclectic formulas and put it through like a like a bigger scale compared to what the researchers and scientists produce on the lab bench and see if anything goes up in the scale um, scale up process. So I was hired to be the um, pilot plant associate getting those uh, big kettles ready to produce like your makeup and mascara or also your uh, sunscreen or lotion in skincare. So um, skincare and makeup was what I took care of. And it was a lot of work. It was a lot of physical work, but boy, it's like you really get to be part of the product cycle, I would say. Like you're able to see a process where the engineers optimize for the chemists um, or work work jointly together to optimize. And, you know, you, you get to see all the raw materials you put in, the powders, um, the surfactants, the uh, fragrances, the color to really just, you know, all these separate materials to give you that end product at the end that's um, dropped from the um, big machine or kettle, so to speak. So I actually, you know, learned a lot um in the terms of like i think very transferable skills even as a temporary worker and you know i did that for a year 
and realized that um, as per contract, um, I'm only allowed to learn certain things. And I reached the ceiling actually really fast in that first year, um, so to speak. Like I learned fast. They trusted me to do my work dependently. And I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do next in my life. Uh, I think a big part of me is just going with the flow, given my history and background um, since high school and college that, you know, some, sometimes like when it's time to move to the next step, you know, I feel a little lost per se. Um, but it's like, it's always all about for me, um, finding the right people to be with and uh, to hang around because, you know, there was a lot of standout people in L'Oreal Bioplan and also um, throughout the L'Oreal campus. Uh, you're talking about chemists that will come over to work and not only talk to the engineers, but also like, you know, find out more about me personally and what I do because I help them so much on their batches and their product. And um, through the encouragement, like one of them, one of the um, chemists reached out to me and you know, he's personally just, you know, suggested that, hey, you know, why not try being a chemist? I mean, you're, you're uh, on your degree, it says biology, like we have a lot of biology people working as chemists. And to me, I thought like, whoa, you know, I mean, even though I put together product for you, like I helped put together product for you inside the pilot plant, like me doing formulations and you're trusting like all this like sort of very technical and um specific work where it's like if you mess up on like concentrations in a formula and you know you mess up the product or a day's work you know maybe the whole like sort of industry if you don't catch the problem right for your launch um you know that was a lot to think about and i thought you know you know am i really ready for this you know i'm really ready for this sort of work and but I think it was true, like, you know, towards the end of my time at PyLab, I was kind of growing frustrated at the same, same time of like, this is, I'm doing the same thing over and over again, and there's just no upwards movement where I currently was in my position. So I actually took the leap of faith and um, I couldn't get a full-time position because I did try applying, but I think just the how my resume looked, it wasn't quite ready for moving on to a full-time position as a chemist. I actually took the leap of faith and joined another temp agency because the, the RNI, which is the research and innovation sector with the chemists, they use a different agency that had a totally different contract base compared to when I was in pilot lab. See, like um, in, it was through Atrium, um, through Atrium's temp agency for research and innovation. It was more so, hey, you could, you know, be contracted for six months, but after six months, once your contract is done, let's say you don't find a permanent, uh, a permanent position within L'Oreal, it's like you, you're basically kind of out of a job. You know, they could probably staff you at a different science company, but you know, at that time, uh, my mind and heart really wanted to stay in L'Oreal. You know, I saw the potential there. But I was willing to take a risk, and I took the risk. You know, got into chose. I was actually given a choice either in hair care or hair color uh, to be a part of those uh, research and innovation communities. And uh, compared to the interviews that I've had, the hair color manager that interviewed me that day 
really inspired me. Um, the manager made sure to ask me questions about you know my time at Rutgers, and you know I found you know just talking to that manager it was really relatable. Um, she had a lot of you know excitement in her, and I think that got me going and just being more excited about you know uh, selling myself and my potential and the opportunities that I foresaw just being a chemist there and. I took that opportunity to be in hair color you know, from that day on. And that was in the summer of 2018. So I was actually put in formulations, like automatically like what I wanted to. So we have in hair color, there are many different brands, but what you see on the store shelves and in the salon, you're talking about like Redken products. I was on the Redken team and given the task of formulating and producing like new shades for a shade launch. So uh, or to just give you guys, the viewers, a little bit more background of just how, how intense it could be as a formulation chemist. Each year, we're trying to beat our, beat our competition that produces probably like similar products, but in terms of like innovation and just trying to make um, our products more exciting. Um, sorry, more exciting and just um, better that compared to the last year. And so for hair color, um, mainly the mission was to make these nicer shades and to, we work really closely with marketing and marketing would foresee a vision and what the product will look like on the shelves. Uh, so it's like, oh, Patrick will probably lock back on, but, but doing that, um, it really takes a team. It really, it really takes a team to be able to, to, it really takes a team to be really able to finish your objectives is what I really learned um, coming in as a chemist, um, even though it was temp work. Because um, they don't, I, what I really liked um, about hair color is that they realized that you can't learn hair color in a day. It's just impossible. Uh, people who are inside the industry for years and you know, you, you're thinking to yourself, Oh, I was thinking to myself, oh my God, they're great. They're veterans at the craft, the, the formulations they do. It's only so because they've been inside the company for like 10 or plus years gaining all that experience. So I think along the path of my career journey, I had a lot of great managers that, you know, trained me and I messed up a, a lot to be honest with you. Like, but these mistakes were all first time mistakes and everybody was very accepting about it. They were just like, you know, you messed up, but we didn't teach you. So how can we expect you to um, do the right thing unless you learn from your mistakes? And that was the whole attitude of hair color, which is very, very nice compared to how I thought, you know, a career should be. Uh, more so it's like the teamwork aspect, I think really inspired me to become better at my craft and better as a formulation chemist. So, you know, I was doing that for six months and towards the end of uh, the year, 2018, you know, I, my resume looked a lot better. 
um, I definitely um, worked with other friends that have been successful in their career journey on like a better resume and getting feedback from them. And also from, you know, my manager pulled me aside and was like, would take a look at my resume and give me tips. So um, I tried applying within L'Oreal. I also tried applying externally because I kind of learned that um, you should never put all your eggs in one basket. And, you know, I applying to full-time jobs while I was, um, trying to leave pilot plant. I actually got a lot of rejections within L'Oreal, um, trying to find permanent work. And I think that really affected uh, my beliefs and mindset. But I think for the better, you know, you really should never put your all your eggs in one basket. But what really happened that made me really um, happy was, you know, I applied within hair color to an open position that just opened um, under one of their senior um the chemists or managers and <clears throat> surprisingly they interviewed me which um was great you know they actually did they didn't really do a panel interview of sending me um across many other managers and chemists like they do at um sometimes but i was actually interviewing which with each possible manager that might have wanted me in their team. So I, it, the interesting thing was even though I was applying for a specific position, <clears throat> I think they had other positions they could open up or fill instead. So, you know, I, <clears throat> and this role was for what I wanted, like a permanent um, formulation scientist. So, you know, I went through the divisions, I went through the managers, I either, even interviewed with the VP of hair color. <laughs> and that was, that made me really nervous because he's very perceptive. I think every manager is perceptive, but when you're, when you're a VP, you get, you get to be the VP for a reason. And he asked me questions like, man, where do you see yourself in five years? And, you know, where do you want to go with your career? And I had to answer those questions. Like uh, going in, I did prepare, but I didn't, once you're interviewing, it's like, you sometimes lose your um, the topics you have on your mind, but I think you know at that point I was like I wanted to really ease myself into some sort of conversation, you know, person to person, but still professionally, of course. And I think he got a good gauge of uh, what I really wanted to do, and you know how much I liked hair color and wanted to see it progress in the future. So uh, I finished the interviews. And, you know, I didn't know if I would have gotten the job. I think on my mind, I was too busy trying to interview at other companies just in case. And two weeks later, I get the call from HR and the um, HR employee on the other end was like, uh, so, you know, I'm excited to tell you that, you know, we were thinking of extending you an offer. And I, I, was, I was like the golden moment. I, I was like on, on my phone, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And she was like, you don't have to accept this offer. And I was like, oh man, I, I think like, you know, I will, I will accept it. And so it's like, I didn't want to wait. And I told, I told her that, you know, when she asked me, I'm like, um, um, yeah, I'll take the offer and um, I'll sign with you guys in L'Oreal. You know, that end of the summer of 2018, I got finally made it, made it in life. I got a permanent position at L'Oreal and I was like telling everybody, I was telling 
you, Patrick, I was telling you, Rahul, I was like, I got the job. Oh, man, I was so happy. And man, it's like, that was, I think getting the permanent job, life just turned around. It's, it's such a different feeling once you, you know you're in, you're, you're secure in a position, and now, you know, I want to say, like, of course, I'm the, the company... You know, I'm for I'm all I'm owned by the company. I'm for the company, but I felt like the company was for me, and it's just like, how should I start? It's just like the the my mission and the mindset um, became so different. Like, uh, I spent at that time, I spent most of my career just trying to find something permanent. But once you get it, it's just like, how do you climb the corporate ladder, and how do you, you know, just um, how do you just um, handle all these new sets of responsibilities right so you know it's 2020 now but i spend a whole year from 2018 to the end of 2019 being a formulation chemist and i was um i wasn't placed in the salon division where they make hair color for salon but we work pretty closely i was actually placed in the retail division uh consumer product division so cpd and i had another awesome manager there so it was a lot of work and it was anything you would imagine that as a temporary worker you would get a set of projects but as like a permanent worker um they still don't they still are very realistic in the sense that you won't know everything on your job you will still make mistakes and but in terms of just like um your career vision your career steps um there's just much more work involved in establishing that like you know hr would have a system where we type in comments saying like oh well um you know i might want to learn this skill this year or i want to learn that skill that year and how did that factor in your development and in some sort of sense it's like there is some sort of uh Sort of some sort of tiered step ladder, but at the same time, it could be a little vague for me. Um, but I think doing that compared to when I was a temporary worker or just you know trying to find my way in life, um, it was definitely a step in the right direction. Let's say. So I did um, the formulation chemist for a year. Um, did some formulas that I think for the most part, they're going to be launched uh, in terms of, I think, 2021 or 2022. It's just uh, these products that I help formulate in hair color, you're probably going to see on shelves um, someday in your life. And I thought that was a really cool aspect of formulations. But at the same time, it was just like L'Oreal is such a big company where you know they do actually encourage um permanent employees to try new things so i think uh first year doing the formulation chemist role i realized that you know maybe it was also time to try new things because you know i feel like i'm still at that time like i was like 25 or 26 like i'm still very young and it's like i don't know if i want this to be my career just yet like no fault of formulation chemists, they do a lot of work. They do a lot of fantastic work. But you know, I just I feel more comfortable trying new things and then realizing, you know, I've tried all these things. If it's something a uh, job role that I want to stay with, you know, at least I can um find comfort knowing that 
hey, you know, at least I got to try everything else in my life. Um, and going with this one thing at the end, right? So in the, yeah, oh, wow, it's 2020, right? It's the beginning of 2020. I was actually um, given this suggestion by my manager because, like I said, the theme of um, having a good manager in your life, they want to see the your progression. They want to see um, the success in your life. She suggested me this opportunity to work with um, <clears throat> a support group that helps the hair color chemists out. And in this group, it's called the um, MTI team, the Methods of Technique and Innovation. Uh, they actually are, we're, we're a growing group and starting up their automation technology in order to really help the hair color chemists. And I was, I thought it was going to be pretty cool. You know, what a cool opportunity to be able to actually switch gears, you know, something I was doing like mixing chemicals together to give you that hair color product that will turn your hair <laughs> red, blue, or orange. Um, I'm going into a sector where it was more computer-based work and more robotics-based work uh, as I'm dealing with right now. So that was in like February of 2020, I made that switch. And so, of course, you know, February 2020, uh, and then March, it was only been a month, you know, I'm still trying to learn my role uh, with a new manager, COVID hit, and I'm navigating, I've been navigating, trying to navigate um, just ways of working with COVID for how many months? It's been like from March to September. That's six months. Sorry, I was just, I was just, uh, yeah, like six or seven months. And I think it's, it's really different because I feel if COVID never happened, um, every day would be a little bit more efficient in how I was able to learn. But with the whole COVID situation, um, instead of thinking of what if, you know, what if it never happened, what would my life be like? Um, I was really able to adapt and realize how important I am to my my specific group and still to all of hair color. Like a, a lot of things <clears throat> are out of your control in life. And so what I'm getting to is that all these parents, um, I'm sorry, all the, right. All these coworkers that I had, they're, they're parents. They're like young parents with like two or three kids. And so, um, uh, they have obligations outside of work. They have a life outside of work. Like, you know, and I think L'Oreal really stepped up to the game and said, okay, well, you know, with the schedule, you're going to have to work from home for some days and understand that it's going to be a more flexible schedule because they also incorporated like uh, summer summer hours and of sorts. So what some summer hours is was either you can choose to have every Friday off as a half day or, you know, every other Friday off if you'd like so that, you know, if you need to um, have a little bit of more like mental rest or to do establish activities with your kids, like go ahead and do that. And at least for, for me, we're just like somebody who's uh, single and like with no kids and no obligations. I think I really stepped up during this time to help my manager out where he had like two, two daughters that, you know, and he needed to be home. <clears throat> he needed to leave work at a certain time to pick them up. And plus, it's like, you know, with the whole COVID thing, they didn't want to hire a babysitter 
um, his wife is uh, a doctor. So it's just like you would imagine how much um, he, he had to step up at his own home. So I kind of became like the point man for um, managing the robots whenever he was out. And, you know, things do happen outside of life that, you know, would, would make you um, adjust, have to adjust your work schedule. Like, you know, you might need to take time off, you know, you might have, you know, um, to take care of your wife if she's pregnant or if you need to get surgery, it, it happens. Like, those are things I, I saw all throughout my time during COVID at L'Oreal. But I think what was really nice is that um, everybody understood. They understood how, they understood how, you know, how difficult it could be during these times of change. And I think what was really nice is that, you know, that atmosphere of teamwork, um, it was still very valid throughout hair color, um, you know, which made me much like really, really uh, appreciate that I stuck with this group. And yeah, I mean, it's my career so far, and I'm, I definitely really like it a lot. And just trying to re reflect on what happened in these six or was it seven months that passed so fast. Um, you know, uh, we're trying to get back to 100% inside the on site, having everybody back in the lab. However, it was, it was, it's still in the works and. I'm not quite too sure it's going to happen anytime soon, but they're trying to extend all this flexibility to really help the worker out, which is great. And so um, I think I covered like what the journey was going into my um, current position, but it's like I haven't really covered the major, major specifics of what I do right now. Even in formulations, I don't think I, I think I gave you like a brief sort of, um, a brief sort of like overview of it, but I'm sure if you have any more questions, there's, there's much more on my mind that I can talk about. I don't know, everybody's so silent. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I feel like, um, there were certain moments where I like tried to jump in, uh, but you definitely like, kind of like monologued the entire thing. I know, but <laughs> it was like there's a lot to cover. Um, I guess just to just to kind of you know double click onto some of the things that I was curious about mm -hmm. uh, in the past. You know, you mentioned that you know university wasn't necessarily working out, and you took some time off. And while you were taking that time off, you know, a lot of different thoughts went through your mind, right? Like number mm -hmm. one is going back to college even the right move right you know maybe i take a job that doesn't require college experience and kind of pursue like that way and then you also mentioned the potential pathway of going to community college to finish your degree mm -hmm. but then ultimately at the end of that you decided hey i'm going to go back to rutgers and i'm going to finish my degree albeit you know transferring from marine bio to you know more standard bio you know what what do you think was kind of the turning point in some of some of those decisions and you know what experiences led you to come to that final conclusion to number one actually go back to university and number two you know finish your degree and pivot it to something else yeah i think it's a great question i mean a lot of uh, our listen listeners who are probably in college right now are probably considering 
uh, an alternative path where they take a break from school, given that a lot of schools have gone online. So looking forward to, to this answer myself. Yeah, so, uh, you know, those two questions are really important. I think to answer um, the first one, sorry, can you just quickly, I remember the second one. What was the first one again? Why? Uh, what, what, what was the turning point for you to decide to go back to school? Yeah, so, so the turning point to decide, okay, so I think it was more so of just time. Like I spent, you know, that semester, um, spring semester and all of summer just really um, doing nothing but sort of just my hobbies of, you know, going to the gym. Um, and also, I didn't find a part-time job, surprisingly. I, so every summer, I would try to have some sort of part-time job. And I think that just kept my mind busy. Like I wasn't really reflecting or thinking. But with as time passed, I think I got a little bit more nervous about just all that sort of um, sort of like extremism of quitting college and thinking that, hey, it's, I'm here to carve my own path. I think I realized that, you know, I'm still very green as in the sense of I don't have anything to show, you know, really during my time at college or establish that, hey, I don't have the degree. I don't have the piece of paper, which I feel like was the important point of going there in the first place and sacrificing things like not going to parties, um, um, not really having that social aspect of because of just commuting and everything like that. So eventually, I think I came around thinking that I still have credits hanging around. I, I just I don't feel very I feel like it would have been a waste. And this is just like the fighting spirit um, inside me trying to like come back together to pull myself together and say like, hey, um, dude, you, you, you have to make a decision at the end of the day. If you're not going to go back, um, find the, find some sort of work and, you know, live your life like that. But don't just do nothing, you know, during your time of um, kind of just reflecting. And so, um, you know, I really thought about it and I'm just like, I, success to me at that point still really remained and relied towards going back towards university. And ultimately, I chose that uh, pathway, I think, a little bit um, out of a uh, little bit out of like, um, shame and fear. But also, I think on a more positive note, just because like, there's just the fighting will that you know, I don't, and it's like, I'm not giving up you know, to do this. And sorry, again, what was the second question? What was the um yeah. so not necessarily necessarily tied to that but then i'm also mm -hmm. kind of curious then you know two questions again number one mm -hmm. if you could go back in time would you still follow through with those same steps that you took and number two you know what advice do you have to kids who are currently struggling in mm -hmm. college right now who are thinking about hey i'm not sure if this either major is right for me i don't know what my career path is you know, I'm considering potentially dropping out. Do you suggest that they kind of take that same route or do you think they should tough it out just to get the piece of paper? Yeah, okay, so for number one, go back in time just to specify, you're talking about that specific time where I left college or you're talking about all the way back in 2011 when I first began college? Uh, either way. Either way? Would, uh, if anything. It's, it's interesting, like if I were to go back knowing what I know now, I would have definitely told myself to not be so go with the flow and so flippant. Like, 
I actually knew my uh, family friend that worked for L'Oreal back when I was in kindergarten. Like, she's like a family friend that I knew for that long of a time. And if I had more so of like some sort of, um, I'd say like, for me, I think that was when I really, my college years were more for finding stability. If I had more of that, you know, sort of stable mindset per se of like, what I wanted to do more, it would have helped, um, you know, my time of like not struggling as much. So, um, but it was, you're right. It, it was hard. Like going back in time, um, I would definitely try to think more of how, how can I, you know, graduate in time and um, take the correct moves and not make so many, um, I think, irrational decisions you know, that are really rash, but it was, it was tough because um, it like to go a little bit more personally in it. Um, I actually wanted to, to do engineering at the time, um, but my GPA didn't get me inside the school of engineering at Rutgers. And so I was already kind of lost going inside college. And I think this could tie into the, the second question, but maybe into the first that maybe <clears throat> if engineering was what I really wanted to do, um, just go for it. Like, even though I failed the first time, you know, maybe I shouldn't have felt so dejected of not getting into the school during my first semester or first year, right? Maybe I should just really worked harder, um, taking, taking that time time off or, or be in Rutgers and try to switch schools, you know, that you could switch schools if you want to, you know? I was in School of Arts and Sciences. I could have switched to engineering eventually if I, um believe in myself more so to speak but i think if i were to go back in time um i would definitely try to gun for what i kind of wanted in the first place so and to, to, to a second question <clears throat> advice for um students that are struggling right now and thinking of you know taking a semester off um i want to i want to ask the viewers like you know what's more important to you um and what's your situation like and regarding what's more important to you is like is it your your current mental state like if you feel like hey i'm really lost in the life like really take care of yourself and do take the semester off to uh think about it but also in terms of like um it could also be you know, where are you at, at the moment? Like if you're really financially strapped at and you're taking like, you know, you're already 50K student loans down the hole to 100K, like you really, really think about this and might be better to kind of like um, just, <clears throat> you know, tough it out and get the piece of paper, unfortunately, because I, I'm fortunate enough that um, the college fund that my parents saved, it was enough to get me out of Rutgers without any student loans and with tuition nowadays it's like man people going to rutgers and dorming and having to take out loans that are like sixty thousand or almost close to a hundred thousand like i've seen these figures and i'm like geez it's it's a lot worse now you know with the whole it's a business too like the whole college industry is a business and um i think it's like i would say to our viewers, um, if you're confused before you go into college, it's, it's I think it's more worthwhile to take a gap year or longer to think about it and decide what you really envision yourself or ins get inspired by what sort of field you want to get to 
And to those that are already kind of like questioning themselves, but they've taken some time, they're already, they're already in college, just really think about how you're doing mentally. And like, just take, if you're really mentally suffering, like, uh, don't think about the money per se. Like, if you feel like the nothing, nothing beats like just having your um, <clears throat> health at the end of the day. If you need to take a gap year off, um, there should be ways where you know that loan is held until you can go back to college and then resume it or something like that. Um, but if, but if it's like something where I'm just repeating myself at this point. But if it's just something that you could tough out, I would recommend that, you know, as the other route. Yeah, sorry, Rahul, were you about to say something? Two unrelated questions. Mm -hmm. uh, the first, why not marine biology? Because, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you came in and you were curious about marine biology, and somewhere along the way, you just cut off marine and expanded to biology itself. I cut up the poor shark. <laughs> deeper curiosity for engineering too. So what, what happened there before I move on to my next unrelated question? All right, so um, so the first one, it's it was like, I felt like I needed more guidance, but I didn't feel like I knew how to ask that. Uh, but it's like, I made two really good relationships with professors that would give me inspiration about marine biology. And, you know, I would sit in office hours and talk to them about, you know, what I thought about the field and where I can go from here. But I'm also like struggling at the same time. And they were, you know, they're very experienced professors. Like, you know, in their tenure, they, they've been through a lot of students. And I'm sure they've had students where they were just like me, like really questioning, am I right for this major? Is this major right for me? And so I think I realized at the end of the day, it was just like, it was hard only because I wasn't interested in it. Like what I thought it was going to be marine biology. It wasn't what I was, you know, I think the glamorous sort of thing that I thought it was going to be wasn't true. Right. So, it, you know, I thought marine biology was just about, Hey, you know, you got to play with sea credits all the time. If you want to at a zoo, which you could, but it's just like a lot of the more focused research base that Rutgers was about, you know, being at the sea for a while, um, you know, kind of sacrificing your time there and also like always kind of really, this is it. Like, this is your career. Yeah. You know, you follow it, you know, to the end, get your master's and then your PhD and go through with it. That was all I saw um, through Rutgers, which is great for them. Like, I'm not trying to, um, no, not at all. I'm not trying to bash on like their lifestyle, but it was just such a like a, a lifestyle that I felt a little bit more of solitude to me because it's just like how much does my um, outreach, you know, will my outreach go in the world with this major? I felt like this major, it, you know, just exploring the ocean, um, you know, categorizing like sea animals and the environment. It's still a relatively like um, mysterious sort of world in the sea, right? And it's like to get us, this is like going kind of like to get us land creatures, humans to really understand this. I feel like it's not really something we still understand, like to really get people to believe in your research and be like, wow, it's, you know, I felt like there was that disconnect in like how much could I really offer, 
you know, at the end of the day to just society in it. Right. Um, for number two, uh, for engineering, well, it was like, it was a little hard because I think my insecurities coming out of high school, like just got the best of me for that sort of thing. Like I remember I took an, an, an engineering course in high school in, you were in my architecture course, Rahul, but there was another one ran by a different teacher for engineering. And I would do all these AutoCAD designs of like drafting up all these um, sort of, you know, mechanical and 3D um, parts, let's say, you know, that engineers would use to create bridges or car parts, you know, you know any sort of like concentration on mechanical engineering, or civic, civic, um, civil engineering sort of sorts. And I thought that was so interesting, but what really did me in was that um, coming out of, I think I think I had okay GPA coming out of um, coming out of college. I mean, sorry, coming out of high school, but you know, just not being able to enter that school in the first place, it made me really feel like I couldn't do it, which was you know now thinking about it it's total bs you know i really should have believed in myself more back then and if i could go back in time and um tell myself you know be a little more confident and just do it um i feel like you know that would have been the right path to do and so you know i think oh sorry yeah so ideally you would have chosen engineering over biology if you could perfect inner conversation with yourself so yes Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, that's that's a good point leading into just telling the viewers to I think having some sort of like support system or you know belief belief is most important like believing in yourselves that you can do it. Um, at the end of the day, it's like it will set you. Um, it would give you so much ease knowing that hey, you know, you tried it out, and if it didn't work out, at least you know um, this was going out on your own terms. You weren't like trying to run away per se, you know, your whole life right. from this aspect to aspect and thinking of what ifs. Cause trust me, you don't want to uh, live your life like that. And if I didn't find the right people in my life and if I didn't um, get to where I am now in L'Oreal, I'm sure not having that confidence, you know, it would have been really difficult um, carving a career in my life per se. Yeah, as for marine biology, I get what you mean, because, uh, you know, it's very natural, I think, especially for uh, our maybe younger listeners who are just getting into college to have a romantic idea of a major. Uh, I, for one, had a very romantic idea of what environmental science would entail. And, uh, you know, I had to learn kind of the hard way that <laughs> it includes a lot of boring stuff where I wanted to, you know, attack the cool, you know, sexy problem of climate change. Um, but in order to graduate, you also have to go through soil science and organic chemistry, which everyone hates. Um, and, you know, going through that process, you kind of understand, well, and, and kind of have that, you know, inner conflict of, am I really suitable for this major? Um, mm. You know, I, I, went it, I went through it um, and eventually was lucky enough to, you know, study climate change on my own. Um, but yeah, you know, once you really get into the major, you, you have to take all these sort of, you know, more technical classes and that that's when your idea of the major really fleshes out. So 
understand uh, the doubts you might have felt where you kind of don't share the same passion that some of your colleagues might be having for the topic. So yeah. Now, now on another point though, you did mention about taking a gap year. Um, mm -hmm. and I would say that's very natural for someone our age. And you know, we're, for the listeners who don't know, we're in our, uh, I guess you could say late 20s or we're approaching. Early. 30. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, so we're still was, young. Yeah, we're like, what, 27 or so? We're still young, yeah. but <laughs> in totally. any case, um, a lot of us might have this idea of, you know, it's okay to take a gap year, but, you know, one of my uh, family friends, uh, he's been complaining because, uh, well, he's actually more of my mom's family friend, but he's been complaining that his daughter has recently made the decision of taking a gap year, and he's not happy with it. Uh, I think because for a very common sentiment among people older than us, you know, our parents' generation or so, where they're worried that if we get the taste of money, that we're just going to forget about education and higher education. Um, you know, for our parents' generation, I think they still value college degree very much so. Whereas, you know, us, we can kind of see a more revolutionary path where, you know, we could still make money. You know, we could get a certificate online and work at Google still. Um, but for, I think, someone in our parents' generation, they might be a little taken aback by your advice of taking, uh, taking a gap year. Um, so, like, what would you say, like, to maybe younger viewers or younger listeners who are thinking about taking gap year? Do you think, what would their motivation be to go back into school once they do, they do get the taste of money? And how do you reconcile that with mm -hmm. our parents' generation? Um, I think first, first of all, um, when I took off that semester and that summer, you know, there were a lot of underlying things that I was going through. And I think mainly one of the things was a lot of regret in my life for not going with what I wanted, right, <laughs> in the beginning. So um, for you younger viewers that figure, you know, you need to take a gap year, I, I think I, I totally understand there's something you're going through and... You know, you know, there was a lot of what if situations, you know, probably revolving around your head. And I would say, like, this is maybe something that I could have done better regarding talking to my parents about, because I sort of just kind of hid away, um, you know, kind of ashamed of myself. But I've, I think, like, if you never, like, take the step to either open that conversation with your parents and get them to understand like what you're going through is just gonna make their understanding much harder of why are you even doing this in the first place right but sorry i forgot a part of your question as you were going um what was the other part so yeah i think that answers the second part of my question yeah. like how do you reconcile that mm -hmm. idea how do you reconcile that yeah right uh with a generation whose idea of you know higher education is mm -hmm. kind of maybe more conservative. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. I think uh, having those conversations, although they might be difficult, um, are absolutely necessary. Um, and then, yeah, the first question, just to rehash, um, was, you know, what would be motivation for someone who does take gap years and to go back to, how do you still, what is the value of higher education then to someone who, let's say, takes a year off and works full time? Granted, like my experiences might be different from um, our viewers, and uh, it's it's difficult in the sense that 
I eventually, I said I had some sort of will going back, but it, it was still so much kind of guided in the sense that, you know, I had um, side other like regrets on the other spectrum that I didn't finish uh, college and I might have be going, I might be making a big mistake. That was the thing going in, in my head. Now, whether for our young viewers yeah. thinking that, hey, this gap year is something where I think it's more it's more in the sense that it could be very pivotal and, you know, making you consider whether or not you want to go back to college. Uh, right. But I think like that's important so that, because it's like at the same day, like I feel like my life right now is my maturity right now is much better than when I was in college and I'm making more of my um, independent decisions and everything, but it doesn't hurt to, in my opinion, it wouldn't have hurt to be like making that sort of independent decision when you're taking the gap year. This is just this is just what I think. Like if you take that gap year and your motivation would be kind of like mine is just kind of a little bit knowing that, you know, you you had some sort of leftover credits, you could graduate soon, you know, just try to figure out where's your will power for that. Um, then all for that sort of motivation, go for it. But if your motivation is that, hey, this is not, this is definitely not what I want to do. And it's like, I've seen some like um, adults fixated. Like, I, and I say adult because at this point, it's just like, if you have that sort of mindset, knowing this is not what you want, um, take that step and try something different because going back could be a big regret, you know, if you, if you don't have any sort of that afterthought. And this is just my opinion on it, but you know that answers that. So you're saying that it's okay to take the gap year and then also not go back to school. Yes, yes, but you know I think that goes would go into like a different topic of hey we got to prepare our viewers for the real world at that point, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, and the revolutionary idea of whether it's actually possible to build a stable career without having any college education to put on your resume. Yeah. I mean, without going into too much detail, like I have friends that don't have a degree, but they're working a full-time job right now, but they do feel like their options are kind of limited in the sort of sense, sort of sense of like work um, companies that we're in right now. Like, um, you know, Rahul, you're working with more of, so, you know, that sort of computer skill set and, Patrick, you're working with a lot of complex um, situations in healthcare. It's like these companies, honestly, they're they have their benefits in that. Hey, we struggle. You know, we have our challenges in these companies, but at the same time, I feel like it's really fulfilling, right? It's like you're you're busy, <laughs> you're you're kept busy, but at the same time, it's just like you're networking at the same time of having all these benefits. Um, you know, that will support your lifestyle, not only like financial incentives but it feels like you have something you can build on right and so going back to some people that i know that are working sort of unfortunately what what society would consider lower level jobs you know and not going back to university it could be that sort of hard hardship like not everybody's gonna be like a mark zuckerberg or you know um, bill gates that quit college early and just established, you know, their success story. No, even even so, it takes work. <laughs> agreed, agreed. 
No, I'm sorry for so like asking. No, please. Uh, no. <laughs> like question. But uh, did you ever feel at your workplace that you could have studied something different in order to prepare yourself better for this job? Like, do you ever feel like there's a knowledge gap between you and your colleagues? Because mm. yeah, I, for example, I didn't have a traditional computer science background at all. Um, and sometimes I do feel like I have the imposter syndrome going on uh, when thinking about these very complex problems. So what about you in your in your day to day work? It's a weird thing that I found with, um, you know, just being a formulation chemist at first and also the industry of L'Oreal is that what you learn in university, like maybe <laughs> It's a broad spectrum of the chemistry base, to be honest with you. And some of those complexities and those complex equations would never be applied in my situation as a formulation chemist. And I think going into that sort of work, um, the, the own company has their plans for you, believe it or not. So L'Oreal has their own training systems of the L'Oreal way of how to, you know, log in these sort of records for your formulations or how to take these chemicals and mix it together that you honestly never learned in college. So I think it worked it more out in the sense where the company took care of me at the end of the day compared to, you know, having some sort of knowledge gap in college, right? Yeah. But then again, it comes back to the question of can, you know, should college have, you know, worked closer with this industry preparing you more for it, if that makes sense. And I kind of kind of learned that sort of um, mindset when um, I kind of, okay, so for the viewers that didn't know, I also, also um, tried going back to, uh, I mean, I entered grad school for a semester before realizing that's not what I wanted to do. But in the grad school, um, you know, the way it was structured, I found so more so that they're trying to, um, the education in grad school was trying to connect you more towards what sort of um, company or industry um, work-related um, courses would prepare you better for that, which I felt like maybe undergrad could have geared you more towards better. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think um, a lot of stuff you do learn in school really does go out the window once you step into the office. I think that's an encouraging uh, mm -hmm. note to some of the uh, soon to graduate uh, undergrads as well who might not be so confident in what they're learning. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I mean, if anything, like, still, I'm 27, I'm still facing challenges. And but realizing that, you know, life is really is still an ever changing journey. And what helped me got to where I am right now is not giving up, right. And, you know, Think it could be different for everybody their reasons for not giving up but a big reason for mine is um the friends and family and you know um sort of camaraderie i made through each each level of um my the workplace and different jobs you know that that's sort of that that's i feel like that's a little bit underrated in, in terms of what keeps you going because you know, you can jump companies now. Now, let's say I could jump companies now that I had so much like more um, transferable skills. But um, you know, I have to really um, appreciate what got to me, like what got me to this point. Because you know, as our listeners are, you know, tuning in, when I first started, like my journey from high school, from college, and 
to where I am now, it's like I'm only successful now because of the people around me, right? So, mm. yeah. You have anything to add, Patrick? Just wondering. No, I, I think you have a very compelling, very interesting story. Again, I feel like it's it's not necessarily off the beaten path, but it's it's kind of interesting where you know your path is somewhat standard, but also something that I think a lot of people will, will relate to mm -hmm. in terms of you know how you mature and grow over college, and you come from like a very like insecure place where you're not sure what you want to do and how you kind of slowly step into that security and maturation, right? Um, you know, kind of the two big lessons that I take away from, you know, your story, kind of similar to Rahul's from a couple weeks ago are, you know, kind of perseverance in a certain sense, right? You know, you're, you're never giving up and you're always redefining your goal and you're always looking for better, right? It's not like you dropped out of university to just like fuck around and hang yeah. out all day. You know, you dropped out with a purpose, right, to either go back or to, you know, progress your life and your career in a different direction. Right. And, and the second thing that I kind of take away is that's kind of similar to, you know, perseverance is always striving for better. Right. You know, we talked about how in your contractor positions, right, you move from pilot lab to another position and then eventually into full time. And even when you were in full time, right, you still strove for more. Right. As soon as I learned all the major functions here, even though you were afraid to kind of step into the shoes of being kind of the full time chemist. Right. You know, you went through it and then you learned all those steps. And then you weren't like, okay, I'm done, right? You looked for more after that. Mm -hmm. right? so I, I think that's kind of a really important macro takeaway for people who are, you know, just starting out in their careers or people who feel like they hit a ceiling, right? It's to understand that life is not just about learning your set role. If you want to grow and experience more, you need to, right, take that initiative and look for more outside. Wow, <laughs> like a nice wrap up to establishing the themes of the whole story into the end. Um, yeah, I think, I think, oh, sorry, Rahul. Oh, no, I just wanted to add that, you know, I think, uh, Curtis, your story is really a success story to me because um, there are, I think, mm -hmm. plenty of people who go through a very similar situation where they're always at like this crossroads and this sort of limbo of what I do in college. Um, I think just college as an institution and, you know, as a cultural practice, this is what it is. I mean, it's this huge sort of Mount Everest against this, you know, puny high schooler who just graduated and maybe just moved out of their you know, parents' house to live in a dorm with a bunch of other, you know, hormone-driven <laughs> teenagers. Um, but, man, you, you really emerged out of it successfully. Um, and here you are now with a stable career uh, and still going up the ladder, as Patrick mentioned. Um, so it's just, you know, a very exciting story to me. Um, and one, I think that many of our listeners uh, will learn many things from. So definitely uh, put this episode on repeat if you must. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Rahul. All right. Well, if any of you two don't have any more questions, uh, we'll end, you know, my journey, Curtis's journey, you know, right here. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We upload every other Thursday of the month. If you enjoyed the content, please follow our podcast channel. We strive to create content that would make a positive impact in your career journey. 
In return for our efforts, we would like to hear from you. For any suggestions, topic requests, or enlightening musings, please email contactrotm at gmail.com. We look forward to the next time you tune in for another episode.